Hello and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week we'll be discussing NFTs and crypto in esports and gaming. Just as a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as a legal advice, as all of the information is for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Adrian Kiran. Adrian is the CEO of Spielworks. Spielworks brings the benefits of blockchain to mass market gaming by providing true ownership of digital assets including the secure handling of tokens, and was incubated in 2018 by the Chainwise Group, a leading blockchain consultancy agency. Spielworks operates the Wamplay gaming platform. Wamplay is a rewards gaming platform that allows gamers to earn rewards by completing challenges in EOS, which is then paid directly to their EOS Wombat wallet. Several games have already been integrated, including Splinterlands, Prospectors, Chain Class, and Forge of Empires. Since launch in June 2019, Wamplay has more than 800,000 users in 160 countries. Thanks for joining us. Hey, hello, Justin. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So, you know, we're going to briefly introduce NFTs a little bit, just I don't know how familiar the audience is. So NFTs are non-fungible tokens, and these are indivisible crypto tokens, which means they cannot be broken up or divided or replicated. And these NFTs are then placed on a blockchain, which is a centralized ownership ledger that almost acts as a certificate of authenticity so that you can see who the true owner of this you know, NFT, the digital asset that's on this blockchain. And then the NFT can be sold or transferred to other parties. And the NFTs are programmed what are called smart contracts that include ownership and transfer information and can even be potentially programmed to provide percentage of all what are called secondary sales of the NFT, which is you know any subsequent transfer with a percentage going back to the original owner. Esports and game world has really embraced NFTs and crypto in many ways, including some games kind of integrating it, as well as some teams such as Heretics and Navi creating a fan crypto token, and other teams, companies, and talent themselves creating digital NFT collectibles and digital player cards. This includes streamer Tifu, as well as the esports organizations such as OG Esports, Sentinels, 100 Thieves, Simplicity Esports, G2 Esports, and Digitas. While this is a very, very simplified explanation, I just wanted to kind of provide a little background before we started. So Adrian, tell us a little about your past esports and gaming experience. What was the first game you played and how did you kind of get involved in the space? Oh man, get my gaming experience. Um started out when I was really young. Um I was probably like six or seven when my parents got their first computer. It was a Commodore 286 <laughs> monochrome uh monochrome uh screen, um no graphics adapter, so only text, only ASCII. Uh, it was uh it was good old times. Uh I think the first one that I played on that was Pac-Man. And maybe um, Olymp- like summer games or Olympic games or something like that. Um, that was very fascinating. It was um, that was really really cool um, back then. And then I got a Game Boy and I got on that entire Nintendo stream. Um, so that was that was the very early days. Um, really really cool times. And I've kind of I've always back then I've always wanted to make games um, and. I started programming when I was really young, and uh, one of the first things that that I did was was making a game, right? And it was a very simple game. Obviously, everything was very simple back then, um, but this was fun. Um, however, I've kind of never gotten to really get into the space professionally until very recently, and uh, we can talk about how how that happened. Um, 
but yeah, that, mostly I've I've kind of I've kind of stayed with gaming for my entire life, and I've always been gaming. I love games. I'm very intrigued by esports. I think that um, this is going to be taking over uh, a lot of our space um, more and more, right? And, and obviously, these all the, all these things belong together, like um, blockchain based assets um, that, that I'm focusing on, on most. Gaming per se, esports, metaverses—all these things are basically just converging into into this huge space that we're all going to be in uh, within a few years' time. Absolutely, I mean, I totally agree, and that was kind of why you know I've kind of positioned how I am and why I was so excited about talking with you. So, how did you kind of first get involved in you know crypto and blockchain technology and you know that whole world? Um, it's funny because I was I was just telling that story today. Um, that uh, as a student, I used to play a lot of on- online poker in the early 2000s, right? Uh, when when the huge poker boom started with Chris Moneymaker and, and folks. And I kind of kept touch with um, with the online poker community even after I kind of stopped because I started working full-time um, in, in the end of the 2000s. Um, but the online poker community picked up Bitcoin very, very early on. Um, that was probably around eight, late 2010, early 2011, when I first stumbled upon Bitcoin and, and people were selling them through kind of money transfer via PokerStars or Full Tilt Poker uh, through online forums, right? There was no like transactional security and, and nothing, but people were like super intrigued by this concept. And, and uh, so these offers were floating around and everything was like super shady, but but super interesting. So this was the first time. And then I, I kind of kept watching this. I didn't I didn't buy anything. Uh, but I kept watching it until basically early t- 2013, when um, when I kind of I, I got some some money back from my old online poker um, f- efforts, and uh, I, that was the first time I actually invested in Bitcoin and kind of kept touch with with the space. And then it, it it still took a while until I moved into it professionally, which was like 2016. Uh, when I started, kind of, uh, well, I had my my first company, and we we, we started offering um, blockchain based software development services um, to clients, and this took us down the entire rabbit hole. Then, but um, in essence, um, my my first touch points with with crypto and blockchain were through Bitcoin, <laughs> like everyone's probably in, in the very early days, and you you can't get rid of it once you've once you've got this touch. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. So you were definitely kind of around when it was all starting. And now a decade later, it's like, this is the buzzword that we've been hearing for what the last two, three years, nonstop in every, you know, fashion from Saturday Night Live to, you know, every other person, professional athlete, musicians, artists, Sotheby's, you know, the whole entire mainstream world is kind of just taking this concept, this technology and just exploded with it. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it was it's that that was impossible to predict, even like where we are now, right? And and it, it was still early. It's still like even even though all these artists and and like athletes and and people like famous people have gotten onto the train specifically with NFTs, we're still very very early when it comes to kind of um, NFTs crypto assets blockchain being ubiquitous being everywhere but this is what we expect to happen right um within the next five to ten years we expect like the majority of the online value transfers to be handled by a blockchain uh, because it's native 
internet currency and uh, most digital things to become NFTs, specifically within the gaming space, where this just makes so much sense. So um, actually, we're still early. We're still we're still kind of pioneers, uh, which feels odd, but uh, at the same time, it's great because there are still so many things that we can actually shape. So, how is you know gaming and you know esports in general able to incorporate and utilize some of the you know the blockchain and crypto stuff that's going on? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, it's it's funny because you can you can view this from all kinds of different angles. I like to view that from kind of the gamer's angle. Um, but I was just talking to somebody today um, who's like very deep into uh, gaming business and gaming in the, into the gaming industry and has been like growing a lot of companies. And um, he he said that um, he, you can also view this from kind of a, a, a gaming business point of view where um, blockchain is going to have a huge impact. But like I said, um, I'm generally viewing this from a user's or from a gamer's perspective and gamers specifically since um, this whole free-to-play era came up um, are very much used to digital assets, to digital um, currencies to, to a large extent, to digital currencies that they need to purchase, that they need to exchange in a way, right? Um, but these these currencies are just single-use. They're, they're kind of um, stored. You spend and it and they're gone. Yeah, but also they're they're stored and controlled in a, in a closed environment, right? So you can't do anything else but spending it in, within this environment. Um, so you can't kind of sell them back, for instance, right? Um, so these are things that are actually, like for the gaming industry, they're great um, because you can lock your users in. Um, but for, for a person who has spent um, hundreds of hours, if not thousands of hours and maybe thousands of dollars onto playing a game and being somewhat successful in there, it's a very frustrating feeling if you kind of abandon this because it feels like you've spent all that time and all that money, all your investment is worth zero now, right? And that's very frustrating. And it's very questionable um, if you would do that again, right, ever. So if you've played World of Warcraft for like years and years, will you ever play any other game with the same dedication like you've done with the first game. And it's very unlikely because, because of this huge frustration that you feel when you, uh, when you end your experience, right? Um, and now with, with blockchain, it enables you to keep part of your investment, to keep some of your assets and, and utilize them 
either utilize them in other games because it, they, these assets have become interoperable with other games, or you can sell them on a the marketplace or, or swap your tokens into another token. So it, you at least get some of that investment back and can put it into the next game, which makes makes it much more likely that you will embrace another game with the same kind of um, energy and the same kind of dedication that you've put into the first game or your, or your last game, right? And that's, I think that's what's very powerful specifically from a user's perspective, but that also opens up a lot of potential for, for gaming companies, right? Because um, you can obviously, you know, you, it, it's different, but you can, um, you, it, it, you can also embrace that as a company and, um, and offer services that are circled around that. I've had, I've had a similar experience myself where I spent hundreds of hours in a, in a browser game in the 2000s. And I got banned for multi-counting because I was playing through the same Wi-Fi hotspot, right, with, with another person, with my brother, who, who was playing the same game. And both of us got banned, but, like, we weren't really multi-counting, but we couldn't appeal. And so all, all our time and money was gone, right? And this is something that, that won't happen in that way uh, when you own your assets, because even if you get banned from the game, which might still happen, but you, you're still able to keep your part of your investment and, and sell it out. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that, you know, the gaming asset, the ability to sell accounts or to, you know, sell different levels of Pokemon or whatever kind of in-game avatar or character that it is, is going to be a really unique asset of it. So tell us a little about Spielworks, you know, what is it and how was it formed? So um, effectively, we started out as a consulting company and we wanted to kind of see which which industries would be the most likely to bring blockchain to mass adoption, right? Um, and we realized that this would be, uh, that gaming has a, had, a, had a really big chance of, of doing so because of this kind of appeal of gamers to, to virtual assets and virtual currencies. And so we decided to move into this space um, by producing technology that would make it very, very easy for gamers to approach blockchain, right? And so the first product that we launched was Wombat back in 2019. So it's, it's slightly older in two years now, um, which is a wallet that um, was supposed to kind of be the easiest onboarding into the blockchain space for a non-blockchain person, right? So, so what's so like you a get... MetaMask? Not to interrupt you. Tell like what's like a wallet? Give us a little crash course on all these things, the met, the wallet and how all of it works for the uninitiated. Yeah. So, so... A wallet is it's kind of a weird thing, um, right? I mean, people when when they think about a wallet, they think about like either the physical thing, or maybe at best uh, about something like PayPal, right? But in the blockchain space, from a technical point of view, it's slightly different because a wallet is not the place where you have your money like physically, but it's basically just a key store. So it's more like a key ring, right? Um, it, it, it keeps your keys and you can then use your keys to interact with, um, with a, a blockchain, right? Uh, your keys are basically just super long passwords um, that you can't, like most people can't remember um, and you can't guess them. Um, so they're very secure and you use them to sign transactions. So everybody knows if, a transaction has been uh, like on a blockchain has been signed with a private key, then it must have been the owner of the private key or the holder of the private key of this key, right? 
So Wallet Wallet does is basically just managing your key, your, your private key, so that nobody can steal it from you and um, you can sign transactions on blockchains. So, so th that's essentially it first, right? And what comes with it then is the control over certain assets that are tied to your private key. So if you if you receive a Bitcoin um, to your to your Bitcoin address, and this Bitcoin address is tied to a key, then you're the sole controller of this Bitcoin, right? And this this um, this is the same for all blockchain based assets. And this is why you need a wallet because you you want to you want control over your assets by controlling your key, right? And um, this can be very, very technical and very, very cumbersome. And, and we wanted to make things easy, right? Um, so one thing is that um, you, you have to manage this key. So you, need, you also want to kind of have it backed up so people can't lose it, right? Um, by, by forgetting about it, for, for instance. Um, but also by deleting the app, you don't want to lose your private key by deleting your app, right? Um, and and the the other thing is um, that blockchains they are kind of finite ecosystems, right? So they they, they can't grow um, exponent, exponentially large, right, or infinitely large. Um, so in order to prevent spam on a on a blockchain network, there's always a fee. Um, to to each in, to each transaction that you sign, um, and paying these fees can be very cumbersome as well. So whoever has ever dealt with MetaMask and and fees on Ethereum probably knows that that it can be very very difficult to find the the right amount of fee, not to pay too much, um, to pay enough so that your transaction actually goes through, and so on. So these things actual mass market users don't want to care about. And so our approach with Wombat was that we would make it as easy as possible for people to transact and, and to interact with a blockchain um, and, and be able to access these um, these games and these assets that are tied to, well, to blockchains, right? Um, and that that is something that is still kind of missing across the entire space that things need to be like super, super simple. Right, making it easier to obtain the Ethereum to actually purchase these assets and be involved in it. So I think that's the hardest part for someone who's not really that familiar with it. And why I think, you know, like something like NBA Top Shot run by Dapper Labs, and I'm actually, you know, having fun with is so easy because it's like, you know, you can spend money directly on your credit card, you can put money into their wallet and then use it within their ecosystem to buy these moments. And you don't have to worry about any of the stuff that you mentioned with the keys and MetaMask and having to worry about gas prices and these other things that are involved. Exactly. And that's, that's also part of their success factors. I mean, right their their ecosystem is fairly closed. Um, so some people may argue that this is not, um, this is not a real kind of blockchain quote unquote, or not a public blockchain. Right. Uh, so you, it's not like anybody can, can build anything on top of it. Um, but the, the, the advantage of, of that approach is that you can make things very, very easy to adopt and easy to, to, to use, right? And this is what they've done very well so that anybody can, can benefit from, from using a blockchain without actually feeling that they're using a blockchain without going through the hardships. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's really important, especially as these things go more mainstream where like, you know, if you have to kind of go through those added steps, 
it might not necessarily be worth it when all you have to do is, you know, go get your credit card the same way you, you know, do for Amazon. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I know you guys were involved in the Chainwise Group Incubator. So how did you kind of get involved in that and what kind of benefits did, you know, your business receive as a result of being involved in it? Um, there, I mean, it's not, not a real incubator. It's basically the, um, predecessor company, um, or, or the, the group that, that has been, that has created like all these, all these products, but, um, it's basically the same people who were involved, um, in, in creating those products. Um, okay. so it's, um, yeah, it's not like that's, that's a longstanding, um, program, uh, we've it's basically done its job by by creating what's what's what today is Spielworks and what today is is Wombat and and Wombplay and um, so there's no no incubator program from that anymore. So we basically just spun off that and we we committed onto building things for like easy easy solutions for mass market gamers. Amazing. So, you know, what's kind of going to Wamplay? You know, what is it and kind of who is the intended user and how does it all work? Um, so Wamplay is essentially, it, it started out as a as being a gaming reward platform for mass market games, for traditional games. Um, but it would pay rewards, uh, not in vouchers or, or cash, but in crypto, right? Um, so the idea was that um, having this approach to bring mass market gamers into the blockchain, um, we would give them a reason why they should onboard into the blockchain space um, other than uh, wanting to play one of these blockchain games. Um, So we said, okay, why don't we just reward them for playing traditional games like mobile games and desktop games in crypto, right? And we do it in the easiest possible way. So it's one play is just a website you go to oneplay.io, you can sign up with your Google or Apple or Facebook account. Um, and then you can you can select some of these games. There are like mass market games like Lords Mobile, like Raid Shadow Legends, Forge of Empires, and so on on there. Um, games that you know, right? You can you can download it and you start playing and you earn crypto by playing these games. And um, then you get you, you get these crypto rewards paid in, right into your Wombat wallet so you can start spending them right away. Uh, so you just need to download Wombat and then, and then you can can get going afterwards, right? And um, th- this has been really, this has been working r- r- really nicely and people really love that because um, it's, it's much more intriguing to get, uh, to receive crypto as a reward for playing games rather than like maybe Amazon vouchers or whatever uh, you, you might, you might be getting somewhere else. But on top of that, what we recently launched is NFT rewards, where people can get uh, NFTs as rewards for playing games, and <laughs> it's it's incredible how much people love NFTs and how much more they're willing to um, to, to to go through, to how much more time and effort they're they're willing to spend to earn to, to get rewarded with an NFT as opposed to cash-like rewards like maybe cryptocurrency, maybe Bitcoin or EOS. Um, and like people are really going crazy about it. It's it's so fascinating. 
Um, and I, I personally love NFTs myself. I think that they're a very powerful concept. I used to play a lot of trading cards like Magic the Gathering and stuff back in the day. Uh, so I really like collecting things. And NFTs are basically just the thing that you want to collect. Like you said, with, with NBA Top Shot moments, right? Uh, you just want more of those. You, and you, you don't want to get rid of them either, mm-hmm. right? So once you have them, you, you want to hold on. And um, it's just like this this fosters, this um, this collector's like movement so much that um, I, I love them. And like it seems like pretty much all the gamers love them. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely involved in, you know, helping, you know, traditional athletes and some gamers kind of get into this space. So I definitely see the value in it. So when you're talking about rewards, is it like literally based on the amount of hours and games that you're playing, you just get, whether it's NFTs or this other crypto directly into your wallet? Or do you have to place a certain um, spot or how does that all work? Um, it's both, actually. So um, we have, we, we generally have these two different modes where um, you, you can get paid for playtime or you can get paid for reaching certain milestones within the games or both. Um, and that both counts for crypto rewards and, and uh, NFT rewards. So we have one game, um, Hero Zero, and for every five hours of playtime, you get a random NFT, right? Um, and that's it's as simple as that, but uh, I mean, people love it, and and everybody like started playing like much 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 more, right? And people engage with it much more, and people lo- love collecting these NFTs because it's a random one that you get, so make it lucky, and it's like something that's worth fifty dollars or hundred dollars, or you may get not so lucky, and it's just worth a few cents. Um, and then you can go ahead and, and sell it on the marketplace, and maybe somebody else is interested. And uh, we're, we're dealing with kind of all kinds of challenges based on NFTs that you can collect certain ones and the more you have or the stronger they are, the better and so on. So w- w- we also offer a lot of kind of playing around with with these NFTs. Um, but we also have that mode where um, you have to reach a certain level and then you get uh, you have a, a 50% chance um, to receive an NFT or 100% chance to receive an NFT and so on. So depending on the game and depending on, on what kind of game that is and, and what kind of, um, what kind of yeah, events we get from the game, uh, we're able to, to run different modes and, and distribute NFTs and other rewards um, to users based on what they've done in the game. So are the games like ad-based games or you know, how does that all work? Um, some of them are ad-based, but most aren't. They're just free-to-play games, and um, people are just like the the more people like the game, the more time they will spend in it. Um, and we're basically we we're, we don't want to force anybody to play games that they don't like, right? Um, so um, we're leaving it all up to to the users, to the gamers. Um, of w- what they do, whether they want to spend money in the game, we don't like, we don't force anybody. Amazing. I mean, I think that this is definitely, you know, a really unique approach and definitely, obviously, as you said, really incentivizes the gaming and gives you a reward for all the time spent. You know, I know I play this Marvel mobile game that I've been playing for years and, you know, there's a whole black market on Reddit of selling accounts, but that's not the same. Like, you know, I have a pretty great account. Like, it's definitely worth something, but, you know, you don't have any assets over 
the different champions you have and the different, you know, titles you've achieved. So, you know, I think that as we've already identified, there are definitely some benefits that, you know, NFTs and crypto and blockchain technology can bring. So do you see it kind of continuing to grow? You know, I know we see this trend now. Is it something that is just going to continue or are we kind of at the, you know, the top of this bubble, as they say? Um, I think that this bubble and this hype that we've had around NFTs uh, this year specifically, they've actually masked that there's a huge advancement in in kind of um, a, a lot of substantial stuff that's going on, right? And I mean, w- w- what I really like to compare it with is this Ready Player One scenario, right? Where um, you basically have your your physical life and that may be good or shitty or whatever, right? But you also have um, this virtual life where things can turn around for you quite a bit, right? And and you basically spend more time in this virtual world than you do in your physical world. And people just go to work in that in the digital world, in the in the virtual world, right? And I can I can totally imagine things happening like that. And and, and they actually are already happening specifically in the blockchain gaming space where um, there's a lot of people actually make a li- making a living on um, playing blockchain-based games. Um, because they they are getting rewarded with assets that other people don't want to spend that much time farming for, so they just better pay somebody else, maybe living in Indonesia or the Philippines, um, for for these for like spending that time and farming these assets, right? So the, part of that is already happening, but I also think that we're just at the very beginning of that, where um, more and more. Like if, if more and more time is being spent in the virtual world, that means that um, status and, and having things and also owning things and, and real estate in this virtual world are becoming more and more important. And also, for instance, if you take esports, um, you have more and more advertisers looking at in, into that, right? And, and sponsoring events that are only virtual, only digital. And um, so... The, the interesting thing is that the more money and the more um, GDP, the more wealth creation is moving into the virtual space, the more security you need when it comes to transacting with like value transactions on the blockchain uh, in, in the virtual space, right? And the blockchain delivers that. The blockchain is a very secure and reliable system to transmit value over the internet, and it's 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 native to the internet and it's only a matter of time when um, basically all little payments online will actually be made through, through blockchain based systems. And this will also count for kind of all kinds of transactions within games when all items in in all kinds of games will, will be NFTs in a way and um, you will be able to use them wherever you want. You will be able to use to, to, to sell them, to transact with them. And this, by itself is going to be a lot of fun, but also a lot of kind of time will go into just dealing with these assets and, and entire industries will form around this. So I'm a total believer into kind of this metaverse uh, concept where people will, will spend an, a really large amount of their time only in these virtual worlds. And Looking at that, we're obviously still in the very beginnings of, of all of that. And um, there's so many things to come and um, so many games to issue NFTs and, and um, so many like intellectual properties also go into 
um, go into digital assets uh, on a blockchain and NFTs that um, I'm, I'm super confident that there's so many more interesting things. I happen to definitely, you know, really agree with you on that point. And I think that, you know, the biggest thing regarding all of this is that, you know, everything's in this digital world and you see with Roblox and Minecraft and even Sims, like that's what this is, is that, you know, Gucci had a whole Gucci garden in Roblox where you were able to get these limited edition Gucci bags for your character. And they were going for almost $1,200 on like the secondary market. And, you know, it wasn't even like an official thing. So I think, you know, the biggest thing in my conversations with people is that this technology has to kind of be implemented from the ground up, from the game's inception, and that essentially from day one, all the users, anything you, you know, receive is already able to be transferred or sold. And, you know, as you mentioned, you know, I know with NFTs, with the Top Shop, like I can spend an hour just sitting there trying to snipe, you know, cheap ass moments and, you know, a dollar, like I spend an hour goes by without even thinking and then there's moments ranked and value that market and, and all these other services and, you know, podcasts and people that are helping think of algorithms like that are just building around it. So I think it, it makes sense that, you know, as games, especially from, you know, the top level and these more, you know, triple A top developers embrace it and build it in from the ground floor, it'll just flourish. And, you know, we won't have all these CSGO skins sold on the black market and all the stuff that goes around with that because there'll be a CSGO official skin market where you can go and sell two common to get a rare and, you know, kind of everything will be easily transferable and you'll be able to know that you own what you own. And, you know, I think it's really going to help bring it all forward. Yeah, uh, totally. Um, but on, on the other hand, um, for, for a lot of companies um, who are already kind of successful gaming companies, publishers, and also studios, um, right now, they don't they don't feel the urge to 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 change. Right, they have successful successfully running games, successfully running game economies, um, and uh, like you said, they they won't go and and just build part of that on the blockchain or move everything into blockchain based assets into NFTs. Right, because that's going to kill their business model effectively. Um, however. Um, many companies that we talk to, they're really interested in NFTs, but they don't know how to approach it. And this is where kind of this reward mechanism and similar mechanisms kind of come into play. That's very interesting for these companies to kind of test out NFTs for the first time without actually having to implement them into their game economies, right? And that's what's um, what's really interesting also from kind of a publishing perspective where um, Apple doesn't like you if you have NFTs in your mobile app, right? Or, or at least in general, right? That's that's that they are very hesitant. Um, so if you if you can kind of push this somewhere else, this this NFT or this blockchain layer, you can push this out. Um, that's actually quite interesting for a lot of existing games to to play around with and to experience. Um, what it might be like if you had NFTs in your ecosystem and um, yeah, how, how people actually deal with them, whether people like them, what they do with them, right? Whether they collect them, whether they sell them and, and so on, because that's something that nobody knows. And it's a huge risk for uh, specifically the more mature um, gaming companies to actually go ahead and now start building everything on the blockchain using the blockchain in the future, right? That's That's very risky. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, kind of, you know, two points in that is that, you know, a lot of the major developers, they already make money off these in-game purchases and the apps and, you know, the NBA 2K, my team, where every year you're spending and buying packs and building a new team. And, you know, your pink diamonds from last year don't transfer over, but they're making hundreds of millions of dollars every year from doing it that there's not really an incentive. And I think that, you know, the smaller indie publishers, people that are maybe trying to set themselves apart and be like, hey, like, this is what makes our game great. And we have a great gameplay, but we also have this added factor where, like you said, the more you play, the more in depth, the more you care about it, the more return you can get. And, you know, I think it gives the people that want to dedicate it the incentive to do it. And the people that maybe just want to come in on level 10 instead of level one, you could buy an account that's on level 10 that has, you know, the first three levels beat and you can just pick up from there. And I think that really expands gameplay and goes to, you know, the old days of Game Genie where it's like, do you want to have the invincibility code in all ammo or do you want to beat the game the real way? You know, some people just love going in and never dying and just beating the game because they like to beat the game. And, you know, some people don't want to use the cheat code. So I, I think that it opens it up to, you know, different gaming preferences. Yeah, yeah. Um, totally. And it's just, it's just so difficult to apply kind of these rules to existing economies, right? And um, a lot of companies have failed in the past. And you could see that, um, I mean, Blizzard in, in Diablo 3, they, they shut down their marketplace because it was too much pay to win. Uh, uh, yeah, right. So that's, uh, it, it's not easy to build these, these economies from the ground up so that they work, even if people can officially transfer assets to one another and buy and sell them. Right. So, um, right. Th there has to, there has to be a lot of kind of research until these things, these economies work really great. And that's why, um, that's why it's also going to take a little longer, a few more years for, for basically the majority of the games embracing these kinds of, uh, technologies and these kinds of, of, um, economies, Uh, because it, it's it's a lot of fine tune and fine tuning and and a lot of research uh, having to go into that and and a lot of also experience that that typically goes into these games right so um, yeah but but I'm but I'm really I'm really looking forward to that because once that that's a very fascinating thing once you've played games uh, at large that that kind of reward you with that experience that you can keep your assets playing games that don't offer that, like playing traditional games without blockchain parts, without NFTs, feels pretty pointless. <laughs> I've, I've been through that and I've, I've, I've played a bunch of games lately that are really great, are really great mobile games specifically, much like from a quality perspective, probably much better than what you can see on the in the blockchain gaming space, right? And in the, in the, like really blockchain games. But um But you can't keep your assets. You know that whatever whatever hero you level up is, will be gone the moment you stop playing the game. And this feels super random and super pointless. <laughs> right. I think that's why I keep playing this game. It's like this Marvel game. It's like I like it, but it's like I don't really like it. But like I've been playing it for so long that like I don't get my logarithm reward. I don't use my energy. It's like this unspoken thing that you just keep getting drawn back to. And I think that, you know with your platform and kind of where the future of this technology is going in this space, I think there will be ways to kind of bridge the gap and try to reward some of this gaming, which may increase the gaming. But at the end of the day, if you're getting rewarded for it, 
it's kind of a better use of your time if you're getting something as opposed to doing it and getting nothing out of it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and at first you 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 would say it's it can't be in the interest of the gaming company to let you go, right? Um, but on the other hand, if you've spent more money than than a, an average user without the blockchain, or if um, gaming studios, like like you said in your introduction, can benefit from um, getting kickbacks from each future sale of their assets on on any marketplace, right? These can be like really attractive business models for them, so they don't have to effectively worry about people leaving their game, right? But but that's that that's part of their innovators' dilemma right now that they don't want to lose the customers that they are basically just keeping pl keeping playing their games by uh, by this moment of loss, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, it definitely makes sense to kind of try to find that balance. And, you know, again, we'll go back to the Top Shot example is that, you know, they're going through these growing pains. They have that transfer fee. So if you resell a moment for, you know, a certain amount, they get a 5% fee on it. So it's like, you know, you're selling a six-figure deal. Like, you're going to get – they're going to get a nice fee on it. And I, I think that's kind of what the overall benefit for the NFT and the creative community is, is that, you know, usually if you're an artist – once your piece is sold, you're not going to really be involved in most of the resale. Anything that happens in you know the Sotheby's or the Christie's auctions, they're probably not going to get a cut of anything. But through an NFT and how it can be structured with this blockchain technology, you could, you know, your estate and your, you know, your heirs could continually get percentage of every sale that happens of the work, and you know, it provides some steady income. So you know, to kind of bring it all home, what's kind of the future of WAM play and how you kind of think. Um, NFTs and crypto are going to continue to be integrated into you know the space in general. Um, so we we really want to offer a very simple experience for anyone who who is diving into the space for the first time. Uh, so we'll keep making it easier and easier for every single person who just wants to play games and get rewarded with um, with assets that people can keep. Um, to to actually dive into this space and stay there and 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 just have a great experience. Um, so that's one thing. But also the other thing is that we want to help more and more traditional companies make this leap, um, getting into the space of of crypto and NFTs and really just trying it out um, in a very low risk fashion, right? Um, so this is this is our mission, kind of for for all these game companies who heard about nfts who find them very interesting who find the concepts very interesting but they don't know how that's going to affect their existing business their future business and so on and they like large companies tend to think in risks rather than in opportunities right um so you need to, they, they need very tangible um yeah expectations regarding uh, regarding what it, what it's going to bring to their table and, and how that's going to increase their um, revenue, their margins, whatever, right? Um, so this is also something that that we're heavily working on with our partners. That um, we'll be bringing many more um, and like NFT experiences to traditional games um, without them actually converting into fully fledged blockchain games. And um, I think for the next few years, that's going to be a very very intriguing. Um, a very intriguing um, area where a lot of companies will, will try to make these this move and we'll see a lot of very interesting 
game concepts uh, coming onto um, NFTs and, and and crypto in general. Awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, I definitely, you know, agree with that. I think, you know, especially as developers kind of figure out maybe it's, you know, just the League of Legends champion skin that's as an NFT that can be transferred. And there's only a limited number and they almost see how it goes on a marketplace. Do they get one of those huge six figure LeBron, you know, moments or so rare cards that sold for, you know, $65,000 and, you know, they see if, wow, like our fans love it. We're like, this goes out instantly in the resale and the exposure and the hype that we get around it, you know, really levels us up. So, you know, thank you so much for joining us. This was extremely insightful. So tell me where they can find you. Where can they you know, check out the Wombat wallet and Womplay? Um, yeah, uh, th- th- thanks as well from, from my end. And um, so if, if anybody wants to check it out, um, the easiest way of, of finding us is Womplay.io. And if you want to check out the Wombat wallet, it's GetWombat.io. Awesome. So, you know, everybody, thanks again for tuning in and make sure to follow me on Twitter, Justin J E S Q and check Apple podcasts for all our past episodes.